Hi and welcome to Youth Talk, a podcast run by Baptist Youth, where on each episode we take a different topic and think about it from the perspective of a Christian young person. Today we're thinking about the issue of climate change. It's something you learn about in school, it's something you hear about on the news, but how should we as Christians respond? Well, climate change is something that we hear a lot about these days. I'm sure in school it's something that you've studied and been informed about. Every time you turn on the news, you hear a little bit more about climate change. Of course, recently we've been aware of the, the COP26 conference that happened, I think, last November, where all the world leaders come together to try and think of some kind of action plan to try and fix the problem or, or help the problem of climate change across our world. And it really, really is a bit of a live issue. And quite often it can feel like even in society, generally, there's kind of polarizing views to climate change. But that's maybe particularly true if you think about how Christians respond to climate change. There seems to be two very polarizing responses. On the one hand, uh, you maybe have got people who think climate change is a load of nonsense. We're Christians. We don't need to worry about climate change at all. And that's kind of one extreme view. The other extreme view is that they take climate change extremely seriously. And they would argue then, well, if we're Christians, we of all people should take climate change seriously because we are uh, called to be stewards of this earth, this good earth that God created for us. And if we're not taking that seriously, why should anyone else? So those are kind of two, I suppose, extreme views from Christians, uh, the polarizing views as to how we should respond to climate change. And I don't know where you fall on that spectrum, um, but we'll think about a few principles that might be helpful in a few moments as you try and navigate how you feel and should respond to climate change. But firstly, what is climate change? If you're blissfully unaware, if you've zoned out of those classes in school, or you've just uh, covered your eyes, covered your ears, every time it comes on the news, you can cover your eyes and cover your ears again now, because I'm about to tell you what it is. Uh, here's a definition from the Met Office, really. Um, they say that climate change is the long-term shift in average weather patterns across the world. Since the mid-1800s, humans have contributed to the release of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the air. This causes global temperatures to rise, resulting in long-term changes to the climate. So basically, as you can tell there, and as you probably know, climate change, really, my understanding is that it's pretty much the gradual increase of the temperature of the Earth over a sustained period of time. And uh, what we're being told is that in recent times, in recent years, the rate of increased temperature has gradually increased. So the Earth is kind of warming up faster than it was in years gone by. Why is it rising faster than in years gone by? We can see in that little definition from the Met Office there, it references the, the mid-1800s. And probably what that's a reference to is the Industrial Revolution. Of course, the Industrial Revolution was a big shift in how we as a society worked. We kind of moved from hand manufacturing to machinery. And as a consequence of this, we started burning loads of fossil fuels, uh, the likes of coal and oil and gas. Um, they're burned really for fuel. And what this does is it releases these greenhouse gases, the likes of carbon dioxide and methane and all these things into the air. And pretty much what's happened is over time, um, all those greenhouse gases then have really built up in the atmosphere. And uh, you might say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the big deal, apparently, I'm not a scientist, but the big deal apparently is that these greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide kind of form this blanket around the earth around the planet and that causes the heat to kind of get trapped and so gradually the heat of the planet then just increases and increases and increases and where does that leave us for the future well apparently if we don't act and we just allow this rate to stay as it is we're really going to have an uninhabitable earth in a number of years again the, the time frame for this is uh, probably a bit debated um, not in our lifetime but in future generations 
uh, it's argued that then it will be an uninhabitable earth. Uh, but not just that, there are other effects and ramifications supposedly of climate change. Things like rising water levels, so there's less frequent rainfall but it's more concentrated in particular points, which means then you've got drought in certain points and uh, floods in other points. Uh, other things are said to be a consequence of climate change, increased hurricanes because hurricanes are fueled by warmer waters and also a more acidic ocean. A more acidic sea is also a consequence. In fact, we're told that the sea in the ocean is already 30% more acidic since the Industrial Revolution. So as you can see in that brief kind of outline, there's a lot of ramifications of uh, climate change. And so the question then is how, is, how should we as Christians respond to this? What, what should our approach be? What should our thinking be? And again, it's possible that you land anywhere on that scale of thinking it's nonsense to thinking it's the most important thing that we could be caring about as Christians. Um, let me give you five things to remember as a Christian, as you think about climate change. Hopefully this will help you. Five truths, not from a scientific perspective. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a geologist, whatever the case may be. Just five truths from the Bible, which I think are helpful as we try and shape our thinking about climate change. <clears throat> Here's the first one. Um, let's remember that God is the divine architect who created and sustains all of creation. Remember that God is the divine architect who creates and sustains all of creation. This is a really important place to begin as Christians, isn't it? We believe that God is the one who created this earth, but not only is God the one who creates this earth, we're told that God, and really through his son, the Lord Jesus, he sustains this earth. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus upholds the world by the word of his power. And that's a really important thing to remember, that, that ultimately the, the fate of this world, if you will, for want of a better word, is not dependent on us and how we treat the environment. The fate of this world, the future of this world, is solely and ultimately dependent on the Lord Jesus. He upholds it. He sustains it with the word of his power. And, and this really speaks to, I suppose, people on one end of the spectrum, those who take climate change very, very seriously and are very, very concerned and having sleepless nights because if we don't take action, the world's going to end. It's going to be our fault. We can be relieved from some of those fears when we remember that God is the one who sustains our earth. And God has already told us, hasn't he, how the world's going to end. And the world is not going to end by climate change. We're told that the world will end when the Lord Jesus returns visibly. And when that happens, this is a predetermined date. It's not as if, you know, the Lord Jesus' hands are tied and he's thinking, well, the earth's really warming up here. I better speed up my return. No, it's a predetermined date. It's been set. Uh, only the Father knows when it is. And uh, really the picture that we're given about that return is when Jesus returns, he will return to a world which is inhabited by people. So it's not as if when the end of the age comes, that climate change will have wiped everyone out. No, when he comes, there will be people living here. Genesis would seem to indicate after the flood that there will always be seasons, the different seasons of the world. Um, so that, that should relieve us of some of the, the pressure that we feel perhaps when it comes to these issues. Um, God is still on the throne. God rules, he reigns, and he sustains all things. And he has already told us how the world's going to end. And it's not going to end by climate change. It's going to end with his visible return. So that's the first thing to remember. God is the divine architect who creates and sustains all of creation. But the second thing we should remember is that even though that's true, Christians do have a responsibility to be good stewards of the earth that God has given. Christians do have a responsibility to be good stewards of the earth that God has given. Uh, so just because we've looked at point one, that God is the divine architect who creates and sustains all things, that doesn't mean that you should just say, well, then climate change doesn't matter. Then anything to do with the environment doesn't matter. We'll just trust God and see how it plays out. No, I think that if you're on the other side of this 
scale and you think, well, I don't need to do anything about climate change, then point number two should challenge you because actually as Christians we do have a responsibility, don't we? We have a responsibility to care for the great earth that God has given us. It's probably part of our creation mandate. We're, we're created to have dominion over the earth. We're created to be stewards of the earth. And so as a Christian, we should care. Again, we should care as all people. If anyone is to care about the earth that God give us, it should be us as Christians who believe that this earth is a gift from God. And so we as Christians should care about uh, the earth and about stewarding. Third principle, however, to consider is this, that we're told in the Bible that really the broken ways of this world are a part of creation's groaning. The broken ways of this world are part of creation's groaning. I think a helpful text when you think about the earth and the challenges that the earth face is actually Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is a really well-known chapter in the Bible. It talks about, you know, how there's no condemnation in Christ. really talking about life in the Spirit. But there's a little section in Romans chapter 8 where Paul actually speaks about what creation feels as a consequence of living in a fallen world. And actually Paul talks about how creation groans. Creation groans. Uh, He speaks about the groaning of creation. And why does creation groan? Well, creation groans because it's actually under judgment. Uh, In chapter 3 of Genesis, when the fall happened, um, God placed our world really under judgment. And it's a consequence of the fall. We have been infected and marred by the fall as human beings. But not only are we affected, even creation is affected. And so creation groans. And uh, anytime we see any natural disaster in the world, um, it could come about by a number of circumstances, scientifically speaking. But what's also happening in the spiritual realm, the Bible tells us, is it's just another consequence of the groaning of creation, that we live in a fallen world, and even creation doesn't function as it wants to, and as it one day will, and because these are groans of creation. That doesn't mean that every time a natural disaster happens in a particular nation, that we should point to that and say, you're under God's judgment. Uh, that's not really the approach that we should have. But in a general sense, all these things are brought about. Floods, hurricanes, viruses, all these things uh, together really testify to the fact that we live in a broken world. One that is groaning because we live in a world riddled with sin. That's the the third thing to remember. Then the fourth thing to remember, kind of linked to that, is that there is a new restored earth awaiting those who trust in Christ. There's a new restored earth awaiting those who trust in Christ. You know, in Romans 8, we talk about the groaning of creation. But it's not just groaning out of frustration. Creation is also groaning out of anticipation. Uh, Paul talks in Romans 8 about how creation groans because one day it will be set free from its bondage. And so as you think about the future, you perhaps think about the future because you look forward to a day when you'll be in the new heavens and the new earth and there'll be no more sin. Uh, Creation also, in a sense, looks forward to that day because on that day it will be set free. It will no longer groan. It will no longer be riddled with all these fallen consequences of living in a fallen world. No more floods, no more hurricanes, no more climate change. Uh, Why? Because it reminds us, all these groanings, it reminds us that something better is coming. Something better is coming. And so whilst, um, as you listen to the news, they'll tell us, the earth's only getting worse, it's only getting worse, it's only getting worse. That's true right here, right now. But actually, if you take a longer view, an eternal view, one day it will get better. In fact, it'll get much better to the degree that it's going to be perfect because God's going to restore this world and usher in the new heavens and the new earth. Then the final thing uh, to remember as a Christian is this, that there is something far more severe coming at the end of human history that humanity needs to be warned about. There is something far more severe coming at the end of human history that humanity needs to be warned about. I don't know if you saw the show on Netflix. It was ranked number one for a good few weeks, kind of over Christmas time. It was a movie called Don't Look Up. 
and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence act in it and really they're two astronomers who go around trying to warn the world about this comet that's going to come and hit the world unless they actively change their ways and you see them these two astronomers on all these different talk shows and you know radio shows and whatever the case may be trying to warn people about what's coming and no one wants to want no one wants to know everyone just laughs at them everyone thinks this is nonsense you two are off your head and uh, that movie was really really popular really because people saw it as nearly this symbolic representation of how people view climate change loads of people who are passionate about climate change are trying to warn us that that we need to change our ways and if we don't change our ways the world's going to be uninhabitable and all they seem to receive is laughter and mockery um but they're trying to warn people of this truth and so that's why that movie was so popular people viewed it as a kind of a picture of what's happening right now in the world with climate change but the irony is that is a good picture of what's happening right now but not as it relates to climate change actually as it relates to christians we as christians are called to go and warn people that there is something severe coming that if we don't change our ways as humans it's going to face us and that is not a comet hitting the world not climate change it's actually the coming of the lord jesus God is coming, yes, to rescue those who've put their trust in him, but he's coming to judge those who haven't. And so this is a severe thing that will happen at the end of the age, uh, an event that, that Revelation chapter 6 talks about, you know, even kings and queens of our world hiding beneath caves and pleading with the rocks to fall on them because who can stand before this great God of judgment? And so that is the thing that we ought to primarily warn people about as we look to the future and as we look to what's going to happen to our world. It's going to become judged by the great king the great God of the heavens and of the earth. And so if we want to be preoccupied with warning people about some event in the future, let that be the event that we're preoccupied with. Again, not to say that the climate change is not important, not to say that we as Christians shouldn't be interested in it. We should, I think. But there's something far more severe, far more important that will happen in the future that we know for a fact will happen in the future that we ought to be busy talking about and warning people about. So that's all for uh, today's episode of Youth Talk, thinking about the topic of climate change. We're going to take a two-week break now, just for Easter, and we're going to be back then in three weeks' time, and we're going to think about the topic of gaming, okay? So I don't know if you're a big gamer, or if you know someone who's a big gamer. How should we as Christians um, really think about gaming? Something that many people are maybe addicted to, or don't want to admit that they're addicted to, but what's a Christian approach to gaming? Uh, We'll think about that in three weeks' time when we're back with our next episode of Youth Talk. Thanks for checking us out. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great Easter break remembering uh, the risen Lord Jesus and look forward to catching you soon.